Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And now, coming to you live from atop the Lavender Town Radio Tower, it's the one, the only, Puckle Podcast. Hello, everyone. My name is Claude Nine, and I'm one of the hosts of the Puckle Podcast, a nonsensical name our fearless leader Fash came up with back in 2007 in his basement. And here we are today. Uh, and today, I have some of my favorite co-hosts. Granted, all my co-hosts are my favorite co-hosts. We have the ever-vigilant and intelligent Linian. After last night's match, Vigilant and Lifelink is about what I'm at. Hello. Ah. <laughs> and the ever-curious and creative Sharkfin again. Hello. So, tell me, what have you guys been up to? Pokemon life, anything you want the listeners to hear. I don't know if you guys know this. Uh, I don't know how you would, but um, planning a wedding is really annoying. Yes, <laughs> that's right. It's been absorbing all of my time. <laughs> it's totally valid. Yeah, that, that's what happens. Yeah. Are your is your family local or are they f- tra- having to travel in? Oh, neither family's local. Both families are thousands of miles away. So ah. Yeah, that makes it much harder then. Yeah, <laughs> I can say that for sure. Are you doing destination? Are you keeping it local to Well, for many complicated reasons, it makes way more sense for us to do it here. Mhm. So that just means that for everyone on both sides, it ends up being destination. So it's like, okay, how do we try to keep this from breaking everyone's bank? So we can have people show, but also like, how are we going to do this? It's going to be... That's what... We had the same uh, thing last year where we chose a destination. So it was purposely destination for both and not local to one and destination for the other. It's like, Mm -hmm. nope, everyone's going to have to move now. And yeah, it was it was fun to coordinate that. I guess you could say fun. Uh, I didn't do it, so I had fun. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Pokemon wise, though, either of you. I guess I beat the ROM hack Pokemon too many types. Oh, fun! Ooh, I, I don't know that one. Those. I want to play that. That looks fun. It's it's a lot of fun. Right up until the champion fight, which is just straight up unfun. It's too, it's too much. Oh yeah, I I could just say that just based on that, how you have to get past it is insane. There's 62 types. Yeah, and Pokemon can have up to three types at once. Oh my god. <laughs> and the champion has a Silvali, which has an emerald type that basically makes it resist every type. And then it has the type type, which doubles the effectiveness of types. 
Oh, the type type. The, okay, yeah. Right. yeah, yeah, yeah. But but like some of the types are like there's the there's the guys type, which are like Pokemon like Dugtrio and Magneton, yeah, you know, things yeah, Phalanx where there's a lot of Pokemon. There's crab type, which is uh, you know, crabs, crab. so crab brawler, crabby, golem. Machamp. Yeah. Uh, Deoxys. Yeah. Wait, Machamp is a crab? crabs. Yeah, it's got it's got six arms, it's a crab. Yeah, exactly. Oh my god. That's wonderful. I love that. There's the dance type, the vibe type, gamer type, zoomer type. Wow. Okay. Yeah, it's a fun. It's a very fun hack. Just I've, I've I think it was Alpharad who helped commission yeah. it, and I've seen people play it. It's it is funny to see what types you can give to Pokemon. It's a base emerald. Yeah, several hundred new moves. My next question is: Is it nuzlocable or no? Probably. I mean, it even has the infinite candy stuff to help, but... I would say it's Nuzlocable, but it's definitely, vi- like, difficult. up to the final fight, it's like, yeah, you gotta play it perfectly, but it's it's definitely Nuzlocable, <sighs> I would say. Alright, that's like a challenge. I'm ready. The last fight is so difficult, I don't know if the game is functionally, if you use a level cap, but okay, I, I guess you could. Yeah, I think you can do it with the level cap. It's just you have to have like the you have to plan it out perfectly. Oh, what was it? The oh, okay. the why not was stupid. I forgot about that Pokemon. Yeah, because it's Baby Uno Reverse type. Because Baby is weak to every type, and then Uno Reverse switches the types. So it's not weak to anything. No, it resists everything. Exactly. It's like super bulky, and it's just you know standard Wobbuffet shenanigans, but on a even bulkier little why not. But yeah, like if if you watched how it was done, how people do the final fight, you could probably build a team that you can prepare for Nuzlocke wise. Okay. Also, uh, going in very blind and just using because they have L to check the opponent's type just to make this even slightly doable. It, it's just nothing will prepare you for some of these uh, some of the moments where you just try to check what a Pokemon is and you sit there somewhere torn between laughing and in fear. Uh, Shedinja sounds miserable. Oh, uh, that's the Sans type. Yeah. The what type? Sans, like from Undertale? Yeah, 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 I, I, I got you. I just needed to hear it again. Yeah, it's it's weak to very specific types and is immune to everything else by type, not by ability. So even stuff like Mold Breaker doesn't help. Oh my gosh. So Sandstorm. Yep, it's basically, it's a better version of Shedinja proper, but not, yeah. I mean, still Shedinja. But, Edit, okay. You know, Sans is, of course, weak to sharp and gamer type. I mean, obviously. Yep. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, this sounds fun. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. For me, I've been Pokemon wise. I say I was. I've been playing a little bit of Detective Pikachu with my wife, which it's been fine. It's been fun. Yeah. That is the most rousing defense of that game. I've yeah. That. <laughs> it's not the worst game out there, but. I mean, it's just fine. Hmm. I heard it was, uh, it's eight hours of the same thing. It might be. I'm probably about an hour or two hours in. We still are almost done with the first case. Well, that's what Joe Merrick said. It took him eight hours. Hmm. All right. Yeah, I've been, you know, playing some TCG, trying to get back into it a little bit. Because, you know, with regionals coming up at the end of the year, I... Need to sign up next week and hope I win. Yeah, good luck getting in. I know it's going to be pretty, pretty packed. Yeah. 
Uh, granted, uh, I know San Antonio has like 1,900 masters uh, spots available, so I think the odds are better than other areas. If I know the numbers correctly, I think Peoria was like 15, 1,600, I think. So, you add in a couple more. You also have to think it's closer to the holiday, so people may not want to travel mm. right before Christmas, so... That's true, but I know Arlington was pretty packed, so I imagine San Antonio would too. Uh, Arlington was the do. same time last oh, yeah. year. Oh, oh yes, yeah, yeah. But we'll see. I, I have to try and get in. I know Seth and Shamu are going to try and get in as well. So once we get in, we'll get to start testing and all the fun stuff there. Mm-hmm. All right, that's enough of that. Uh, let's and we'll, all right, so we will catch you guys with our news segment. <laughs> We are back with the news. All right, starting off with some of the news, uh, Scarlet and Violet. Uh, by the time this episode releases, there'll probably have been announced some new event since the Suing Decidueye will probably be done. Uh, who knows whether that's going to be a new Paradox Mon, an Outbreak, Seven Star. We don't really know because there hasn't been much of a pattern, but that is the updates that we have so far going into this. There should be a new raid-type Terra event. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, speaking of updates, Scarlet and Violet got an update to kind of fix some of the issues that came out with the Teal Mass expansion. Uh, the big one being that the game will count more than the 300 trainers being beat, which is important for the uh, the Ogre Clan mm-hmm. uh, quest little quest line that you have. So, what is that? That's a nice little update. So, <sighs> what happened? And I do. I want to stress. I have no idea how this happens. I have no idea how you code a game like this. They would only track three hundred trainers having been beaten. Okay. So if you battled three hundred trainers in the base game, which is basically all of them, mm-hmm. and then went to battle anyone in the DLC, the game would not flag them as defeated after you beat them. Meaning you would not be able to complete the quest because you still, quote-unquote, have not beaten specific trainers. And the quest what? line is, like, if you beat X members, you get a, a reward each time you, like, a special reward for beating this many. So, not is being this, able to beat them all sucks. Is this, like, regular trainers in the game, or, you know... All of uh, them. These? Yes, right. this, this includes uh, difficult, like, gym battles, as well as, like, little baby guys. Any... 300 gym, uh, any 300 oh my gosh. trainers. It's fixed now. I don't know how that was a problem to begin with, I'm going to be honest. I think it was something I didn't expect to be an issue, and it just turned into an issue. I mean, that has to be it. I just don't know how there's... Well, that's how, how that's saved in a Cody. way where there's a cap, but whatever. Yeah, yeah it's like they try, maybe capped for, like, memory or usage or power or whatnot, and then it's like, oh, right, we should probably change that cap now because mm-hmm. we're adding more things. Following that whole thing uh, last week, uh, Garchomp, where he was kicked down to UU. Yeah, he was, he was banned from UU. <laughs> oh, very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sarah Ledge and Komo-O were also sent out as well. 
that's very surprising to me on Sarah Ledge, just given the other stuff that fell, but I'm not opposed. So, Sarah, yeah. Sarah Ledge uh, moved up because of Terra. The fact that it gets, like, the access to Terra that it has is just very, very I, I, I guess it also got uh, Poltergeist, which was That's one of the big... big reasons. That's yep. why it was really big. Terra Poltergeist is really good. Yeah, uh, Blood Moon Ursaluna was voted out of OU with one of the highest margins ever. Yeah. I, I was not playing. What what was so bad about it as opposed to normal Ursaluna, etc.? Uh, so, one, it's special, so it's a lot harder to handle. Two, mm-hmm. uh, the most common sets that I were seeing were were Calm Mind Vacuum Wave. Ah, yeah, that would do it. Priority. So you have you have now Calm Mind a, a priority fighting, which is very good. Then you have two other, you know, a very good normal move and a very good ground move. Your coverage is just very very strong. And even if you don't run the Vacuum Wave, it has Moonlight. Which yep, means it theoretically you Heels can up. build you could one v one a Corviknight. Uh, like I workshopped it, you could beat a Corviknight with this Ursaluna, which <sighs> is which is you know resist. It's immune to one type and resist the other. Like you know resist the other. Like if you could beat a Corviknight with this Ursaluna, that's a problem. And for the record, just because you asked about the, how big the margin was, there were 117 eligible voters. Uh, out of that, only 76 people voted, and it was a 71 to 5 to ban it. <laughs> 93 margin. Which, yeah, 93.242. Which, given the modern era, like, I think si- since they've, you know, done the suspect tests and, like, you know, done quick bans to kind of keep some of these obvious things down, like, there hasn't been a vote that this... With that kind of margin. Yeah. Just because, like, oh, you quick ban this, like, the Genesec, the Pheromosa, you know, all the stupid things the moment they come into the format. Mm. And if, if you look at all the other stuff, if you, even afterwards, there were, you know, great, and they stopped it once it was over. There were still, you know, 20, there were probably, what's it, 40-ish people that hadn't gotten a chance to vote yet. And mm. even then, the majority of those people that still wanted their vote heard were banned. Yeah. It's uh, ridiculous. Speaking of things that are probably overpowered and need to be banned, Unite's releasing a new cr- uh, character this week. Uh, it's Mimikyu. Uh, <laughs> I stopped playing Unite, and I'm like, oh gosh, this this could be... I- I'm worried about it. You're, you're worried about it, like, getting... Oh, what? Being broken on release, like a lot of other things are. Oh yeah, that's just Unite's life cycle. I don't, I don't doubt that. It's like seeing the new Pokemon on the pack of the TCG cards and being like, ah, you're what they've decided is going to ruin the meta. Got it. Yeah, it's like... Yeah, that, they, uh, they, they've, they're pretty good about that. I mean, Mew hasn't taken over the meta yet, but it was also a small set. It's like what they do in the base game. It's like, oh, Z- they drop Zacian and Zamazenta and then next gen, they nerf them. <laughs> yep. Well, they realize... That, they, that's like, been new. <laughs> they never fixed primals. Well, that's the big thing, though, is they, they took yeah, they the did. three they biggest issues from Gen 8, where, you know, Zosh and Zamazenta and Rillaboom's Grassy Glide, and they nerfed all three. Mm-hmm. Oh, and Libero. They nerfed Libero slightly. All right, tell us about Go. All right, we're going to knock through some mobile stuff here. First of all, they've announced a new feature called Party Play. Uh, right now, it just kind of based on rumors and just kind of scanning the what people are theorizing it's likely going to be where you can be able to have a group of four people 
that are, you know, in person and y'all can be able to do raids and all sorts of things together that you get a little bonuses to your attack power and probably rewards and whatnot. So I was like, oh, that's cool. So if you're actually playing with people in the real world, you can you can actually do that and get some extra stuff. So that sounds fun. Um, as well, the first part of the Halloween event has been announced. Uh, you get Grievard in the game now. Oh, okay. And there'll be an instance day on the 21st for Kastan Skrupi. And then one thing that we, that, uh, the British gent wanted to highlight here, because I think it's just silly. Uh, in Pokemon Sleep, there's apparently a glitch that if you make your cooking pot, like, have a really large capacity using, like, things like, uh, there's, like, a power that, like, increases the side to your cooking pot. Do it on a Sunday and it, like, multiplies and whatnot. And then you put in more ingredients into the pot. You could, you can glitch your game. And so, yeah, don't put more things in your pot than you're supposed to. Also, why are you spending money? Because the only way to actually achieve this is actually if you spend real money to increase the size of your bag. And I'm like, why are you doing that? Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I'm like, don't do that. that. And, And that's sleep. Who is paying for Pokemon Sleep? Exactly. I regret to inform you that answer is apparently my fiance. <laughs> All right. Well, there's the answer. I mean, as long as you're not like doing, no, he's the not dropping increase. like five hundred dollars. I just, I just know that. As it's long as you're not increasing your bag size to hold ingredients, because the only way, like, I, I don't think he's done that. I will admit. <laughs> <laughs> At least, if, as long as he doesn't do, like, I can understand, like, buying, like the boxes to get more poco like pokemon biscuits to catch more pokemon but like don't increase the size of your bag please don't i I do not believe he has good good yeah (laughs) that's good all right um uh, into some uh tcg news uh we now know the promos for the pre-releases for paradox rift there's zatu aegislash iron bundle and chiyu uh, the only one that's probably going to matter is going to be the Zatu, because Zatu is a very good card for what it is, I believe. Oh. Uh, yes. Now, they finally announced what their We Have More Details are going to be regarding the uh, Van Gogh exhibit. So, basically, the long and short of it is the Van Gogh promos that were there... Uh, are going to be available for purchasing $30 of TCG product uh, from the center website at some vague future point. So they're not going to be gone forever because some people could not help themselves. Oh, uh, in addition to that, the promo card is no longer available at the museum. Yep. Which, you know, I, 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 I understand why. it's And it's all because of the scalpers are taking over and buying things and selling it and now... They're like, nope, we're going to have them everything avail- available again later on, uh, only through the website, only if you spend more than $30. Good luck. Yep. Yep. And it sucks be able- that it has to happen, but it does. And I did see that it is going to be available in the Netherlands at a future date sometime next year, just like at retailers there, but... Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, good, it eventually will come back, but sad that it couldn't be there while the exhibit's yeah. there. This yeah. is why we can't have nice things. This is why we can't have nice things. And man, I'm glad there's some workaround. I'm sorry that the workaround is spend an additional $30, but I really don't know what they could do 
without doing something like this that wouldn't have the same problem again. Yeah. I, I would have granted I was looking to spend $30, so it, I, I just wanted the, the hat. I like Van Gogh art, so I just wanted the, the crossover flash. was nice. Yeah, well, that I, I like the what's it? The Snorlax and Munchlax uh, art they had for it. Or like, mm-hmm. I wasn't considering even getting a play mat. I'm like, oh, these are cute. I like this. This is fun. But all right, um, I think that's all of the the news that we have. Uh, I don't. I'm pretty sure since as we approach the end of the year, there will be a new survey coming out for the end of the year from Puckle. So please make sure to pay attention to that. Because I know there will be some sort of rewards if we hit certain number of people responding to that, knowing that. Um, and the Puckle Pokey prediction. Do you think they'll release the Hasui starters back to back or mix up the Sinnoh starters into the rotation? I assume this is for the uh, terror raids. Yeah. Uh... I think they're going to do them back to back to back because if they start doing anything else... They're going to hit rather quickly here the time when they'll be normally available. Yeah, it's going to be close. Like, it, like the timing of if they... Because those are the new Pokemon that were really brought in with the home update. I think they'll... I mean, what they did before, they kind of shifted around the starters. I think they will throw in the Sinnoh starters next. I'll do, or at least one of the Sinnoh starters next. And I'm going to add in so an July, extra. It'll be Infernape. That's my... I'm cold calling Infernape. I'm going to add in an extra uh, question into here, just for fun. When do you think they're going to drop the next uh, DLC? Because all we know is winter 2020. Let me look at a calendar and I'll give you the exact date. Okay. What did I have? <laughs> uh, uh, either the 12th or the 26th of December. Of December? Yep. That's my guess. Why on a Tuesday? Because that was well, it would be Wednesday in Japan. Okay, but yeah. that was the that was the release date of. Uh, Interesting. Because it, it came out midweek when the eShop updated uh, yeah. for that. I think it was a Tuesday. If it was, if I was wrong on the day of the week, then just shift it to that day. But I think it's either yeah, the I'm second sure or the right. last week yeah, of, it, of December. It was, yeah, it came out at like. I think it was 10 p.m. my time or something like that on a Tuesday. So, no, it was yeah. like middle of the day because it was out no. when I got home from work. Oh, yeah. It, uh, I remember or, I or got sorry, home. when I was starting PTU, so like 6 p.m. Pacific. Yeah, that makes sense because I, I think it was 8 p.m. Central is when it came out. Yeah. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Though. Yeah, I can see that. Um, but you're convinced it's going to be 13 or 20. Uh, or yeah, 12 one or of those two yeah. weeks and not the one in the middle. Why not the one in the middle? I don't know, but I have a feeling. I typically the eShop updates on second and fourth week, if I remember right, for mm-hmm. their other for their non specifically released stuff. So right, then, those then I'm, those track. To I'm going to take the opposite, and I'm going to say I think it's going to be the first week of December. That's the first, first full week, or like that that first full week of December, like you know, five and six. Five six is my guess. I, or, that's my that's my guess. I'm kind of thinking five six as well. I could think I I feel like it's gonna be five six because I think supposedly they're dropping the the physical versions of the DLC packs like that week, and I'm like, let's go ahead and make it happen all at the same time. So that's where I'm kind of going. I could see it going any any time of December before Christmas, but that's 
I think because I know they they normally if they follow their normal pattern of like you know a new game would have dropped November seventeenth because it's always like the week before Thanksgiving. So like there is the thought that it could just drop in like a month and you know with no context. But I figured they would do some sort of like let people know. And also, I feel like that would be. I guess it's technically in winter, but I feel like. I feel like it was going to be December because they said it was this year. Um, so if you, otherwise, if you I would look start at winter, January at this point. If you look at winter, winter is technically December twenty first through March twentieth is technically considered winter. Because I believe that's when the winter solstice is, is the twenty first. I could be wrong. Yeah, I mean, if you do that super strict definition of it, but typically when businesses are talking, they go December, January, mm-hmm. February is winter, March, yes. April, May is spring, June, July, August is summer, etc. for fall. Oh, yeah. I, I, I just, I think it'll drop before Christmas, because I think they want people to buy the thing and have it available on Christmas Day. I think the thing being released right around Christmas is enough of a draw that because there's oh, already agree. some existing content that I'm not convinced it's pre-Christmas, but I think it'll be that month. Well, in my mind, they want to be able to drop, like, a package deal with the Switch, Scarlet Violet, and the DLC all together. But they can do that without all the DLC being out is more what I'm getting at. I don't think they would do that, though. That's a fair... That, that's a, that's fair. I, I just don't think it's required either. No, I don't think so either. But I, I think that's what, if I were a company, like, okay, I don't want to release something and make people have to wait to get the full product. Mm. But that, that, that's enough rambling on that topic. Uh, <laughs> but that, that's it for the news. So up next, we're going to test our co-hosts on their insane Pokemon knowledge. Oh, hi, and welcome to the Pokey Quiz, the part of the show where we quiz our co-hosts on their insane Pokemon knowledge. I'm Mark from the Dunsparce Gang, here to explain the rules. Our fabulous co-hosts will work as a team to answer five Pokemon-themed trivia questions that fans have submitted on the Discord server. Each question is worth one point, with Pokedex and multiple answer questions worth more, for a total of seven points. The host can use a free hint at any time. If they get all the answers correct and do not use the hint, they can cash it in for an eighth point. And thank you very much, Mark from the Dunsparce Gang, for helping us out with with that intro. All right, are you guys ready for the Puckle Pokey Quiz? I am mm-hmm. ready. Yeah, great, awesome. I didn't realize oh. that wasn't rhetorical. <laughs> no, 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 I was actually doing it out. Uh, okay, so our first question. Let, let's go with this. Uh, from the Once and Future Gamer. Which Pokemon is classified as the Shell Out Pokemon? <laughs> the Shell Out Pokemon? The Shell Out Pokemon. Um, Excelgore is my first thought. Is it Shell Shell Out? Because like it gets out of its shell. That's its whole thing. Because uh, is it? Because it's not. You said Aselgore? Mm-hmm. I can go with that. That sounds right to me. I'm trying to think of anything else that screams. Uh, oh. I, I, I can't think of anything else that gets out of its shell. And the other thing would be like some weird reading where it's like 
its shell has now like left like it's now shells out but nothing a shell wouldn't start inside that's not how shells shell mm-hmm. so i'm gonna say excelagor unless you have something else final I answer really uh, i can't think of anything else that's quite screams it all, all right a right. uh, selgor is correct yay that, it's ex- <laughs> for the exact reason that linian gave it from shellmit, it breaks out of its shell and becomes very fast. So it's good the for shell. him. Oh, Pokemon. <laughs> yeah. All right. Your next question has to do with the anime. Uh, in the anime, Go caught a shiny Pokemon. And only one shiny Pokemon. What shiny Pokemon did oh. Go catch? I want to say it's Voltorb. Because I remember Ooh. there was a shiny Voltorb. But that, that was a that's... whole episode about shiny Pokemon. It's not that it, it's not one he uses a lot, so I I could see it being Voltorb because yeah that was the because yeah that's the only shiny Pokemon I can think of that they did feature in that episode. I, I don't remember if they did anything else. Now Voltorb sounds like to me because I do remember that or at least seeing that on Cerebi. Is that your final uh, answer? Yeah, yes. Yeah. Voltorb is correct. You guys are two for two right now. Yay! So, I remember there was a Pokemon who liked. There was a trainer who liked blue, th- blue shinies. Well, he liked shiny Pokemon, and his goal was to try and create the shiny decks. But okay. he o- I think he only had a couple of them, and I remember that episode being the one where they fought Golurk, not him catching the Voltorb. Mm. But I could entirely be wrong. He came back later, I think. Okay, there may have been two episodes with him. Okay, because I remember him being there when they were discovering the giant Golurk, and which Go eventually catches as well. But mm-hmm. Either or. All right. Uh, question three is your Pokedex question, uh, and this one comes from Elite Four Brand... Branded? Branded. Either way. Uh, its soul silver entry reads, It always hides in grass. When first born, it has no poison, so its bite is painful, but harmless. Who's that Pokemon? My first thought is Ekans, but it's... it's... I mean... What's a Pokemon that hi- that hides in grass? Uh, all of them. <laughs> <laughs> Just not, it's not a water type. Well, most water types, actually. <laughs> that would be a very, a very weird entry for Tentacool, I will say that. Uh, it's definitely poisonous. Yeah, no, Or to venomous. It might mm-hmm. be poisonous, but it's definitely venomous. It's I mean, it's, it's Gen 4. Are there any other poisonous snakes? Because snakes are known for hiding in the grass. That's why they have that expression, a snake in the grass. Uh, so Viper, but so Viper is going to have something more about Zangoose. Or its not tail. not being about being a baby. Yeah, or, or about its tail. Yeah, that's that's very true, too. Anything poisonous? I don't think it's going to be Zubats, any of the Zubat line. I'm going to think of other poison types that might can't think of anything. I'm like, maybe? I mean, it could be... I could almost go Poochiena. But almost. it's... Yeah, as everyone knows, baby hyenas, one of the most venomous creatures on this earth. <laughs> no, but at least I know it has Poison Fang as, like, a like a move it can learn. Not in Gen 4! I'm uh, pretty sure in Gen... Well, actually, Poison Fang, I don't think came out in Gen 4. You're right. Okay, all right. You're, that's fair. Ekans, I, final answer. Okay, let's get to the next entry. Okay, uh, Ekans 
is correct. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> what the heck? Yeah, the other uh, dex entry was, its scarlet entry reads, it can freely detach its jaw to swallow large prey whole. It can become too heavy to move, however. <laughs> um, and for your record, Poison Fang came out in Gen 3. Oh, see? Okay, I was close. I could have yeah, been, it it been a, an, an egg move for a while. Okay, uh, now the question is, I need to see if Poochiena uh, so can learn Actually, and funny thing. enough, Poochiena gets it in Gen 3, thanks to it being a Shadow Pokemon, and it was one of the moves it gets when you purify it. Oh. <laughs> uh, so yeah. I'm like, I remember there being Poison Fang Poochiena from somewhere, and I had to figure yep, out where. It's an egg yep. move. Yep. All right. You guys are doing great so far. I think you're four for three, because you didn't need the extra dex entry. Yep. All right, so your multiple choice question, this is worth two points. For uh, There's four answers. For every two that you give me, I will give you a single point. And this one comes from Farmer Fox. Rock-type moves are known to have pretty terrible accuracy, but there are four rock-type attacks, not moves that change into a rock-type, that are actually just pure rock-type from the start, that have 100% accurate. What are they? Smackdown, Power Gem are two of them. Uh, and I have the other two, Salt Cure and... uh. Oh, God. Where'd he go? A cell rock. I'm going to repeat this just for start. What mm-hmm. for rock type attacks? I Those are attacks, all attacks. I, mean, I meant like damaging moves. Yeah, salt cure deals damage. A cell rock yeah. deals damage. Okay. Um, salt cure was not on this list, uh, but sure. Uh, well, yeah. Let's see. Other- it does it? Well, then maybe it doesn't have a well, Let's double check. I'm going to double check that now because salt cure is not on my list and I you might be right with that. I think they were looking for moves that had, like, a base power. It does have yeah. base power, though. Yeah, it has 40 base power. Yep, okay, yep. All right, so there's five, actually. All right. Uh, look at us. We got... <laughs> Wait, what's the fifth one, then? Uh, and that's, that's for... Oh, you All said... Right, so what was your two? Ancient power, power gem? I said, no, power, I said power gem and smackdown. So well, ancient then power, ancient then. power is the last yeah. one. Okay, then you got them all. Yeah, it's, it's okay. a salt rock, ancient power, power gem, smackdown, and salt care. Which wasn't look on at my us. list. <laughs> Yeah, all right. Yeah, that, all right. I mean, all, all these questions today, in my mind, have been a little easy. So we have one final base stat question oh, for you. Oh, no. Um, you are six for, five, uh, six for four. If you get this without the hint, you get eight points. If you don't, well, you have six. All right. As uh, This one comes from uh, Poliwo. As Shedinja is an outlier, what fully evolved ghost type has the second lowest HP. Okay, so Sajinja is the first lowest, so you want the next yes. one. Yes, because Shedinja is one. Oh, okay. uh, so the, the, the second lowest ghost HP. Yes. First thought hit points cured. Dusclops. Duskull would have less, I would imagine. What fully, fully evolved, evolved Oh, ghost. that's uh, that is a very important word that I missed. Yes. Um. So Dusk nor is I think it's 70 yeah so it's gotta be more than that uh, or l- rather less than that um, none of the ultra beasts have terribly low HP uh, hmm because I don't what about, think, I think oh, go ahead there are about, a lot of ghost types no, just saying no no Dusk Dusknoor does not have 70 does it have less Maybe it's it less. has to because I know that uh, it has basically it has to have below base sixty 
because its defenses are 135. So if it was over, if it had base 70 HP, it would still have more effective HP than Dusk Noir, than Dusk Clops. Yeah, uh, yeah. okay. Uh, so yeah, it's, no, gotta I know it's be not low. like high. I just know it's one of the lowest ones. Maybe I just oh, said 70 and it's, uh, it should have been way lower. The Maybe it's 70 I, attack or something. I don't know. The only thing else I can think that's really low is like Spiritum for a similar thing, because I know that that one's base 50. I would think, I think Destinor has less. Well, yeah, and Rotom, I think, also has 50, as long, assuming yeah. that the... Oh, yeah, the, no, this has less it, than Rotom. Yeah, because its base HP doesn't change 50. across yeah, those yeah, yeah, forms. Yeah, 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 Destinor is way less, yeah. Oh, yeah, I just have my numbers wrong. Why did I say... Th- yeah, anyway. Um, uh, I don't... I still think it's probably Dusknoir. Because, yeah, I mean, there's... Is that your final answer? I... I'm good with it. I mean, the other options are like, you know, maybe like Poltegeist, Poltergeist, Trevenant. No, all those just feel like they have just a little bit more. No, Poltegeist is around base 70 because I had to build a uh, Sinistra and PTU this week and it had around that for the base. Yeah, nope. I'm good with it. Dustclops. All right. So let me give you the Pokemon that are at 50 base HP first, just to keep this interesting. At 50 fully evolved, you have Rotom, Spiritomb, Sableye. At 45, you have Dusk Noir. So you got it right. Yeah. I thought for a second that, like, Cuffagrigus was going to throw me off. (laughs) Oh, yeah, and and then 53 is still that And at 44, it's... (laughs) I was so waiting for that. (laughs) (laughs) I I had to give it some sort of, you know... Challenge there. But yeah, that is, you guys got eight points. So, and that's going to change up the standings. Cool. One of it. All right. So we have, uh, bottom to top, we have Claude nine at 12, Sublime at 14, Jushiro at 17, R Sigma at 17, Whimsicott at 17, Mark at 20, Shamu at 20, Shark now at 28. Uh-huh. Seth Vilo at 31, and Linian at 36. Yay! Four Yay. points away. Huzzah. Yeah. The, the, the other question I had, I'm just curious if you would know it off the top of your head, was the lowest base HP for water types. Oh, I have, I wishy-washy would be mm-hmm. up there? Oh, fully evolved. W- fully evolved water types, sorry. Wishy-washy. Uh, that's third. But, okay. Wug Trio. Yeah, that's it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, it I, I didn't think yeah, it was it would terribly have difficult. There. I'm, like, I'm like, all right, you would have gotten there eventually. I'm like, all right, just making sure. Yeah. All right. So great job. So thank you, everyone. Uh, thank you for tuning in to our Puckle Pokey Quiz. And we'll catch you in just a moment with our topic. Are you addicted to cardboard like myself and Seth? Maybe you want to pick up a booster box of Obsidian Flames next week. Well, the best way to do it is to support the show by going to trollandtone.com and using code PUCKLEPOD5 at checkout. Whenever you do so, we get a small kickback, and we really appreciate the support. So make sure, if you're buying anything, whether it's Pokemon, Magic, Yu-Gi-Oh!, you can head on over to trollandtoad.com and use code PUCKLEPOD5 at checkout to get a 5% kickback for using the code and supporting the show. We appreciate everything you guys do, and we will catch you on the flip-flop. everyone and we are here today with our topic pokemon crossovers uh there's been a lot of 
stuff in the news recently about the Mitsuhine crossover with Pokemon. And Pokemon's just done a whole bunch of this kind of stuff before in various of their own games. Like, there was a Pokemon slash Final... Oh, what's it? Uh, was it Not Final Fantasy. Uh, Fire Emblem with Pokemon Conquest. They've done uh, Pokemon crossing over into the fighting game realm with the Smash Brothers series and with Pokemon Tournament. Uh, you have various different puzzle games. With Pokemon puzzle games, there's been Pokemon Tetris. There's a Pokemon Yahtzee, Pokemon Pinball. So they've taken the Pokemon style and put it over a whole bunch of other types of games to make their own unique, fun little spin on things. So I'm curious from you guys, what are some of your favorite Pokemon crossovers that you've had so far and ones you would love to see in the future? So for stuff that already exists, um, there's there's a lot of kind of one-off merch that Pokemon Center gets in Japan. Uh, But I, I think... A lot of the, the larger projects have always been more interesting. I think the crossover with Nobunaga's ambition that they did for Pokemon Conquest is probably one of the gold standards for uh, really taking Pokemon and doing something interesting with it in another uh, another kind of format. And I'd really like to see them further investigate what other games could do could do well with that kind of a Pokemon. Not quite just coat of paint. I don't want Mario Kart, but it's just like you hit item boxes and get held items. Okay, now I do actually want that, but what I'm trying to say is I'd like more than just a light coat of paint. I think that you can really evaluate what you're getting out of it. I mean, Mystery Dungeon was originally a crossover. Well, since all the Mystery Dungeon games are considered crossovers, and if you go out of the Pokemon game realm, you know, I still think of all of the different Pokemon food crossovers that are like, oh, we're going to take all the Kraft mac and cheese and make them Pokemon-shaped. And I don't know why I always thought it tastes better when it was shaped versus just being little noodles. Or like, all right, Pokemon Pop-Tarts, and they have little sprinkles on them. I would bet that the, the, the it tasted better because more surface area means you were getting more cheese and less cheap noodle. <laughs> You're probably not wrong. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, they still we still get a few of those today. I think, what was it, recently, like Kung Fu Tea crossover with Pokemon Go specifically? There was a Kung Fu Tea? Yeah, there was one over, I think, the past summer. They have one right now with Pikmin 4. I wish I realized that. I would have gone to my local, local Kung Fu tea and gotten it. Yeah. It's like they it's like they made them all Pokemon stops and then like had some Pokemon Go themed flavor. So and similar with Pikmin 4. And apparently they're now Kung Fu tea is doing one with Spirit Halloween. But that's sad point. <laughs> well, that's fun. If we're talking Pokemon food crossovers, get me some really edgy art Giratina. Get a crossover with Liquid Death Sparkling Water. Ah, <laughs> uh, that'd be fun. <laughs> that, that could be great. You could call it, like, I don't know, Pomeg Punch or something, and then just have Giratina real, becoming that skull logo. Mm-hmm. And that, that's the type of thing that I would love to see more of if, you know, you keep the food realm. Is we have all these Pokemon berries that are clearly, you know, based off of real berries and stuff that we have. I'd love to see, like, actual, like, all right, this is a Pokemon drink, and it's Pomeg Berry flavored. Or, you know, this is Cherry Berry. And, like, that way you can, you know, clearly get a chance to see it and stuff. And I think I heard there's going to be a Pokemon cookbook, or I may be making that up. I'd love to see a Pokemon cookbook where, you know, they make the traditional stuff from the games or from the anime. Uh, that'd be a fun little crossover to have. I don't, maybe it's just because the new episodes are going up on Netflix, but I just was thinking of the Great Galarian Bake Off. <laughs> <laughs> the Great Galarian Bake Off. 
a really good, you know, like 30, like a one hour special where they get some Poketubers and then get the hosts from the Great British Bake Off and then do like Pokemon themed things. Or you animate the whole thing and have it be different characters from the show, like Brock and like a a random like Nurse Joy or, you know, Tracy's there. As long as they do not animate Paul Hollywood, everyone else, and I do mean literally everyone else, is animated. And there's just... That's the type of crossover I would love to see. <laughs> uh, like, crazy things like that, where it's like, oh, cool, we can take something that's known and beloved, and just, all right, we'll throw the Pokemon cover on it. And, like, those things like that, a one-off would be great. Wait, they actually did do something. Oh, my gosh. I was trying to figure out, like, when you're saying this, I'm like, there's gotta be, because uh, uh, my wife and I, we love watching food shows. And it's like one of the ones that always like kind of comes up in the thing just that we see is like, you know, Food Network's like baking challenge or whatnot. It's like, there's got to be some sort of like Pokemon baking one. There's got to be one. Uh, yes, there was a Cake Wars episode that did Pokemon. Oh, my God. Looks like it was 2019, maybe. I don't know. I'm looking. I'm going to look for this episode. But yeah, there I see, like, a Pikachu here that looks like it's a part of, like, a trophy-type, like, display. I'm trying to see... I'll probably have to dig and see if I can find this episode now. I will drop the image for y'all to see here. That is phenomenal. But it's a Pokemon cake. (laughs) So there is something in the... I was like, there's shit! There's probably something like that. I'm like, oh my god, there is! That is wild, and I love it. Thinking of that also, uh, going into other things that are kind of fun ones, uh, fashion... Uh, cause I know for sure that like Pokemon Crocs recently came out, like I think the last oh, year yeah. or so I've actually got like the, the sandal versions of those, which is just, just nice, like kind of go around type shoes. But I know there's so many different fashion type things that are out there. It's kind of cool that you just like, like if only the 101 was like cheaper, like I would, I would totally be buying a bunch of those shirts where it's just like the subtle Pokemon. Yeah. Like imagine if there was, I don't know, like every single Pokemon had a fabric but it was like kind of stealth and you could get it in several different varieties, including Hawaiian shirt. I have no idea why that wouldn't work. If only it didn't cost a hundred dollars. This is a joke before you email and be like, it actually, yes. <laughs> yes, we, we know. I, I think I have two, I have two of the shirts. I think Thatch has a couple of them too. I was trying to buy one right as it went down, but I could never get through. It went down? Yeah. Yeah, it closed. It's, it's no longer a thing. I did not realize the original stitch was gone. Yeah, original Stitch died. That was why I was like, it'll ne- nothing bad would ever happen to it. Yeah. Oh well, dang, that's that's sad. All right. <clears throat> um. Yeah, that that makes me sad now. I I, I really enjoy those shirts because granted, I got one that was the Hawaiian shirt. I'm like, okay, even in the small, it was too big. Mm. And then I got another one. I think I got a Crobat, and it, it it fits perfectly. I'm like, I just changed the style slightly. I'm like, all right, cool. I figured out the right thing for this, and yeah, sad days. But you know, that that's what happens sometimes. Mm-hmm. And then. I mean, I mean, you can look at it, you know, anything. I feel like, I feel like there's been a lot of Pokemon crossovers we don't even realize. Cause I know when they did the World Cup, there was a whole bunch of soccer Pikachus and whatnot around. Yeah. Like, like they're always trying to find their way in there and they'd always do collabs with random artists. Like, I know they did a thing with Ed Sheeran that's in, uh, Scarlet Violet. I want to say that, um, you cannot overestimate how much crossover marketing happens in japan at any time with any product mm-hmm. uh if you ever see like a picture out of like i don't know a japanese 7-eleven or something every single item will be having a current crossover your snack will be having a crossover the drinks 
will be all of these different limited flavors or different limited packaging or like all of Japanese consumer goods are constantly in a state of eternal crossover. The Fortniteification of the supermarket has never been better. All of what we have suggested so far is extremely feasible. And granted, a lot of that is just geared towards, you know, the kids. Just because it's so much easier for, like, you know, to get them excited about something if they're involved. One way or another. Because in my mind, like, oh, I love the idea. Oh, if I'm going to buy a regular soda or, oh, I can buy this soda with Pokemon on it. Yes. Same pro- of course. Uh, I'm going to let you know, in Japan, it's straight up difficult to buy a regular soda sometimes. <laughs> well, yeah, but, like, it makes sense that some of these things are a lot more interesting than others. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just the way it happens to be. Um, but, yeah. <clears throat> uh, so, I want to hear about some crossovers you would love to see happen from your side. It, w- it can't happen for many, many, many reasons. <laughs> Yeah, but you can still give me your thoughts and... Not the least of which being both companies hate each other with a passion rarely seen. But after the recent Doctor Who Commander decks have come out... (laughs) I have been thinking and have come up with several ideas more than we have time or energy to get into in this. To a level of specificity that is probably not healthy, uh, of how you could do a Pokemon Magic the Gathering crossover. Yeah. Now that would be fun. It would be fun. I could absolutely see why they would never do it again. For for reference, Wizards of the Coast, the company that makes Magic the Gathering, used to be the distributor for Pokemon in the States. And the original printers and like designers. That was one of the most messy corporate breakups ever, involving both companies going scorched earth to try to hurt the other's brand as much as possible. That is very true. <laughs> so it'll never happen, but it could be really cool. I think you're right. I, I do think it could be really, really cool. Look, you just get Professor Oak as a red, green, blue uh, commander oh, who cares white. about creature types being a, like a variety of creature types. You're done. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, that that would be a very fun crossover. You're right. And I mean, there has, I'm trying to think, there was something that was ish close to like having a Pokemon in another game. Uh, have y'all heard of Smash Up? Yes. Smash Up? What's Smash Up? I love Smash Up. That's legitimately one of my favorite board question mark games. Do you uh, do you know they had, I mean, they have a bajillion expansions now. They actually have had crossovers with Munchkin and Disney. They had a set that was called, I think, Back to in Japan or whatnot. Big in Japan. I have this set. It's a great set as well. And they have a Pokemon themed uh, Smash Up pack in there. It's very good. So how Smash Up works is you take two uh, factions and then shuffle the decks together and then play a game uh, where each player has like two different ones. So you could be like Zombie Wizards versus uh, Ninja Bears or Tornado Greeks, uh, Greek Myth. And one of them in the Big in Japan set was very clearly just Pokemon. Oh. Itty Critters with creatures such as uh, Tadpore, Shellshock, Krakatoad. Uh, we really need to play this at PuckleCon on stream, just because we can have Thatch play the most Thatch deck known to man. It would be Pokemon and Power Rangers. Ooh, okay, okay. Yeah, there's a Power Rangers set, but it's, it's called Mega Troopers, quote, quote, but it it's Power Rangers. Okay, that's interesting. I was not thinking that, like, you know, at the start, but it, it makes sense now that you say that. <laughs> 
Because in, in my mind, any sort of card, any, like, sort of card game you can, like, throw Pokemon into just becomes fun. In my mind. Like, it becomes its own fun little adventure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that, is, that is neither here nor there. Um, okay. Truth. So... The other thing that I, uh, I was looking at that I'm like, I'm like, alright, cool. I think this would be a lot of fun as far as, uh, a crossover would be. See, uh, I was thinking, like, my mind went to Transformers originally, and I'm like, oh, I'd love to see, like, Pokemon Transformers, but they transform into these robot Pokemon. Then I'm like, no, that's not fun. That's boring. No one's gonna like that. And then I thought about it again, and I'm like, how can we make this better? And the answer, I don't have an answer for. But, you know, it's there. Um, I, I like the idea of there being some sort of things that transform into Pokemon-esque type thing. I mean, Pokemon, to- like a toy that just like unfolds into a Pokemon is great. Yes, exactly. Especially if they have like, if they're Pokeball toys that like unfold into the Pokemon that's in them. Oh yeah, exactly. So- something along those lines looks really, really cool. I mean, I've got one of those. It's a Voltorb and then I can, you know, turn it into a Pokeball. The closest oh, yeah. I have is the Mega Block, like... What is it? Uh, I think it's Mega Blocks that does it. Mega Blocks or Duplo or something. But it's the it's the basically because there are because obviously Pokemon and Lego would be great together, but Pokemon has a relationship with an with basically quote I would say it's knockoff Lego, but I mean it's it's basically that in the states they ha- I mean uh and they have some fun Lego like Lego like sets and there's there's some that are like Pokeballs and I have like a Magikarp one that you like. That's the Pokeball, and there's a Magikarp you can put in or out of it, which is cute. Mega Constructs, excuse me. That's that's what it is. How are they using the knockoff version of Mega Blocks? Yeah, that that yeah, that's odd. Right. But I mean, if you go to Target, you literally will see them, and it's like they're there. It gives a. I mean, they have some cool looking stuff. Like they have like a moving Gyarados where you can like put it. Have it swim around or whatnot, and all these other sort of things. I'm like, because as much fun as it is to have like these crossovers with toys, I'd really like there to be a different like crossover type game. Like, I know we, I know you joked about Mario Kart and Pokemon, but like, I wish there was a, a way to do that that was different. You know, not just like a all right, you're gonna race on this track, and instead being like, all right, you're a Pokemon trainer, and you have to get. I'm thinking like the Chow Garden from Sonic Adventure Two Battle. When you had all those different races. Unfortunately, you have invented Banjo and Kazooie again. That's <laughs> Unfortunately, you have invented Pokathlon, but a separate game. Yes, that's exactly what I'm thinking <laughs> of, pretty much. But you have a different... Well, instead of it being one Pokemon for each thing, it's a different Pokemon for each leg of the race, and you have to train them up, and it's, you know... I'm, I'm trying to combine different aspects. Oh, uh, no, I don't disagree. I think it's a great idea. If we're doing a lot of different events, wait, we, we cut out the middleman. We'll do, we'll finally have the true crossover everyone wants. Mario and Sonic and Pikachu at the Olympic Games. <laughs> oh, yeah, Mar- Mario and Sonic Olympic Games, but it's Pokemon. Like, what could Pokemon, Pokemon and Digimon at the Olympic Games? <laughs> Maybe this is the crossover we've been waiting for. And then it's just like, oh, we get to finally realize just how terrifying Digimon's scale <laughs> So it's like Pikachu versus Agumon, kind of fair. Pikachu versus War Greymon. Yeah. If Pokemon really wanted to make money with a crossover game, they just need all they need to do is just slap uh, is to go to Minecraft and just put an act like make an actual Pokemon uh, game with it. Who would ever play Pokemon Minecraft? That would never ever be successful. 
seeing how they've the number of content creators recently playing said Pokemon Minecraft mod. No, that would never happen. Like Pixelmon was 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 tiny. That's why they had. That's why it was good that uh, it got hit with that C and D there. Pokemon Minecraft would ruin at least someone. Because <laughs> part of me is thinking, like, is there a way to do like a JRPG Pokemon game? But like, instead, of, you, you don't catch Pokemon. It's just like you are playing as a Pokemon that evolves and gets stronger throughout. And then again, I'm looking at this. I'm like, great, that's pretty much just Mystery Dungeon. I mean, any, I mean, you could almost go farming sim, like Stardew Valley esque type game, where you don't necessarily catch, but only just having community. But that. That could be really nice, actually. Ooh. And uh, you have to go help, you know, other trainers and whatnot. Help, you know, hey, I'm looking for this type of Pokemon. Can you help me find it? Okay, wait, wait. I'm going to say three words, and I am I think I'm going to be able to sell you both on it. You ready? Okay, okay. okay. Safari Zone Tycoon. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> And that well, we technically had that in Gen Four with a Heart Cold Soul Silver. No, no, we did not. We had you could put things in level. No, I'm saying that it's Zoo Tycoon, but it's Pokemon. Yeah, no, it's the one step up of that. You, it's like they. I love how every time we come up with like an idea, it's like they kind of did this. They just need to go one step further. Come on now. But yeah, so like what you do is you 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 build enclosures to to like like Zoot Tycoon where you're putting in the things but then you have trainers coming in and catching so you also have some ecosystem balancing uh and you can even have some pokemon that are like more desirable to be caught so that increases how many people are visiting and then what what about you you can also do this with a gym i mean yes there's a rom hat called pokemon my my own gym or something to that effect it's a lot of fun yeah but like i'm thinking like you can design or at that point let people Take po- like a certain set amount of Pokemon, and you have to design your own region or your own gym. And based on you know how people come, you get access to more things, and you can keep growing it. And you get to make the puzzles, whatnot, for people to fight and go through. I think that type of thing would be really, really cool. I'm just trying to find a way to use the Pokemon shell in a different way. Mm-hmm. You know, in before someone starts bringing up the oh, we, there should be like a Pokemon dating sim. No, no, there shouldn't. Canceled now. No, it's it doesn't work well. Exactly. But I had to mention it before someone else brings it up, and I'm like, no, we're not doing this. Dude, there are some things that just aren't going to work. I don't want to see a Pokemon Souls-like, okay? <laughs> Pokemon Dark Souls, there we go. Uh, I've been playing a, a game in the past couple weeks uh, called Fate Samurai Remnant, and part of the, the shtick is you are not that strong. All of these uh, spirits that you're fighting are super strong are super strong you have allies who do the fighting against that you're there to uh basically play uh play support it's very fun it doesn't sound like it would be but it is uh one of the first bosses you you fight if he hits you takes about two-thirds to uh three-quarters of your hit points and just drops it if he hits you you are not there to fight i don't think that that is the only way i think you could do this kind of a pokemon game unless you're playing as one yourself and I don't think Mystery Dungeon would be better if it was Elden Ring. So, <laughs> very true. Like, like part of me would love the idea of like you know, as we mentioned, Banjo Kazooie, but it's just Pokemon. I I feel like anytime that it, it it ends with but it's just Pokemon, I'm I'm a little less interested because <laughs> I, I I was I like the games that manage to rework those core mechanics in a way that adds to the Pokemon angle. Well, granted, at that point, then, we really just need Mario Party, but Pokemon Party. Yeah, Pokemon Party could be really fun, and you could do 
I mean, you could do home support. Well, like, that's the thing is, like, I, like if you take the Pokemon Party-esque type thing, where it's, okay, you're on a little map and you're trying to, you know, run around and, you know, collect whatever, collect badges, I don't know. Like, you could even, like, and all the minigames could be different. You could even have, like, part of it being a battle minigame. Where it's like, here, you're given this team of three poke or, like, a single Pokemon. Like, three Pokemon, pick one to go fight. And that's it. You know, all I'm thinking is, like, we could... Yeah, because they used to have, like, Pokemon Ranch, Pokemon Box. Uh, we have Pokemon Home now. But I'm just thinking of a, a uh, you know, $10 title with home connectivity that lets you use your Pokemon in those mini-games. And uh, lets you earn points to unlock special Pokemon... That could be really cool, and not if you keep the scale small and don't sell it as a sixty dollars title, you could get away with a lot, and people would just love it. You've got the models for a lot of the Pokemon. The yeah, I think that would work really, really well. Because the only other thing that I see that might be fun in in that aspect would be no, come back, me. <laughs> <laughs> it 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 will it may. Oh, I had an idea, and then I lost it. That's how you know it was a good idea, when you can't remember it. Exactly. It's the problem. Um, dang, it was right there. And granted, half of this is just me wanting Stadium back, but it's on separate Stadium. But, Lenny, what were you talking about? I need to just retrace my uh, steps. Uh, <laughs> you said that, and all of my thoughts fly. Oh, no! Well, uh, I'm just gonna... Uh, I will derail this and talk about one last little crossover that I, like, that I just, like... Like, it just kind of showed up on my Twitter feed, and it's just like, I forget these existed because they're locked in my childhood. It just, it's more of the crossovers in between as commercial breaks in the WB when you watch as a kid. You know, when they, you like, right in, like, during the credit scenes, like, they try to tie in two of their shows together. So you see something like Batman Beyond and Pokemon. Like having some sort of interaction or whatnot, or like okay, yeah, it's just like all like all these little dumb little things that they do. Like, what was it? I saw one that was like Men in Black, like the Men in Black cartoon, and one of the characters gets Bulbasaur as their like partner instead, and it's like, why? Why'd you pick him? And it's like built-in weaponry, and Bulbasaur like used Razor Leaf on the other guy. What's your partner? A Moongus. <laughs> but it's Bulbasaur in a suit. Like, it's so dumb. Like, I'm just gonna drop this in there. Like, if Doc wears pants, would he wear them? <laughs> See, because, like, I really like the idea behind uh, Detective Pikachu as an idea. What? <laughs> yeah, no, look at this. Like, I, as an idea on paper, but it, it, I feel like the execution just wasn't where it needs to be. Like, if I wish Detective Pikachu was, like, a short miniseries. Like a TV show versus a like, game or a movie. And it's like, oh, cool. All these, like, little, like, mysteries you're solving in, like, a Scooby-Doo-esque style fashion. Versus it being, you know, its own separate thing. I I don't know. I feel like I feel like they're torn between needing to appeal. I think, actually, Detective Pikachu is a good te- litmus test of if something isn't a great one. Because it's, can this game be made in a way that is appealing to Pokemon's core demographic without taking away the reason it appeals to its own. And I think Detective Pikachu is probably kind of like an example of what happens when that there's a mismatch, because any difficult puzzles or interestingly deep themes, that's going to get washed out in the fact that it needs to appeal to a 10-year-old. And that's what that's basically all a visual novel has, 
Yeah, I was like, yeah, I I had recently played uh Co- uh Code Rain, which is basically the Danganronpa like new successor that just came out, and like that just the just in just the gameplay itself, where there's a few more puzzles like in terms of the deducing and when you do that, and then just also like if you do little side missions, you technically have like a little reward. I mean, it's not much more, but at least it gives you something compared to the Detective Pikachu game where the one that just came out was like, oh, they have little side things, but I don't, I have not seen a benefit of doing it yet. So it's just like, oh, cool. You help them out. Okay. Yeah. It's like, I I wish I were a little deeper. I think that's the problem that with a lot of these Pokemon crossovers have to have is it has to be appealed to a 10 year old. And I think if there was a way for, you know, they can do certain things that also appeal to the older generation, you, I think they would get more out of it? Mm-hmm. I think so. Mm. I would disagree. You know, granted, this is just our pipe dream because, you know, things never end up going the way we want them to. Nope, that's why you can uh, fully expect to see the next Pokemon crossover, Pokemon Fortnite, coming out uh, next year. Seeing Pikachu do the gritty. <laughs> I don't know what that is. I'm going to assume it's some cursed... TikTok dance and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna die happier. <laughs> Funny enough, I know the dance not from TikTok, but from football. Because people have done it in the end zone, like as a touchdown dance, and I'm like, oh gosh. Yeah, I think that's what we got. <laughs> I, I think that's what we got um for the topic today. Yeah. Alright. Great. Then we will c- catch you all over at our poke of the episode. <laughs> episode and we are back with our pokemon of the episode and today's poke of the episode is rillaboom the drummer pokemon the hatsune miku pokemon (laughs) also true it's pokemon shield entry reads the one with the best drumming techniques becomes the boss of the troop it has a gentle disposition and values harmony among its group yeah by drumming rillaboom can tap into the power of its special tree stump Causing roots. That's I'm just reading through the biology on the like Bulbapedia page. And also, it can get down with the sickness. <laughs> <laughs> very, very the actual true. crossover we need. <laughs> Wait, down with the poker. Oh my god! Oh no! <laughs> this is what we're missing. It's a Pokemon band with Rillaboom, Toxtricity, um, Obstagoon. Obstagoon? <laughs> like, all the Pokemon that you see, like, a lot of the Pokemon you see with the Hatsumuku, just some, like, half of those work oh really well gosh. as a band. We have sure. it. We figured it out. This is the... Alright. Anyways. Rillaboom's back. It's got Grassy Light again, so therefore, it's now actually relevant in VGC. Even though it Grassy Light got nerfed, it's, it's still really good. Yeah, 10 base power less, but, I mean, still hits hard in Grassy Terrain, and it's still... It's now up there in usage. Yeah, based off Peoria, Peoria really, like, that metagame shifted a lot. I'm excited to see how it changes with this week, this past weekend with uh, Sacramento, which you guys will know at the time of this, but we don't now. Mm-hmm. But anyways, we got a team for you. I think this team finished third in Peoria Regionals. Uh, it was Shiliang Tong's team, I, I'm guessing. Maybe. Yeah, that's I hope I pronounced that right. Tang Shi Shi Long or whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. 
But anyways, they have a Rillaboom with a Citrus Berry, uh, Grassy Surge ability, Terra Fire with Fake Out, Woodhammer, U-Turn, and Grassy Glide. I'm assuming it's here to Fake Out, hit things hard, switch out, come back in later. Mm-hmm. Standard Rillaboom stuff. I, it hasn't changed much since Gen mm-hmm. 8. Bulky momentum priority. Pretty much. And then we have, there's also an Iron Bundle on this team with Booster Energy, uh, Cork Drive ability, Terra Type Ghost. With Freeze Dry, Icy Wind, Hydro Pump, Protect, also seems like a fairly standard Iron Bundle to me. Mm-hmm. Just from what I'm seeing. Yep. Ghost to avoid fake outs, and yeah, standard Iron Bundle. Yeah. Icy Wind to, Icy Wind for the Icy Wind shenanigans. Pump for pump. Freeze Dry to Freeze Dry. It hits everything. Yeah. Speaking of hitting everything, we have everyone's favorite canonical person with a three uh, three mon body count. It's Ogre Pond. <laughs> with her hearth flame mask uh mold breaker for the ability uh terra type of fire course ogre pond can't change that when you terra type uh, type ogre pond flame mask what happens uh plus attack plus attack okay exhaustion when it terras and mold breaker until then cool uh it's got ivy cudgel which is a 100 base power 100 accuracy high crit fire move Grassy Glide, because Rillaboom's here, which makes this pretty terrifying. Swords Dance, and Spiky Shield. I'm glad to see that she is just as terrifying in doubles as she is in singles. Yeah. If not more, like, I, this is terrifying to me. Honestly, yep. the Grassy Glide, when I just saw that, I was the, I'm like, oh god, that is so good right now. Oh my goodness. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I saw that, but, oh, and then I saw a sword stance and went, oh! And then I saw a spiky shield and went, oh! <laughs> Can't fake out what's gonna hurt you. Yeah, that's nasty. And honestly, I'm looking at the metagame, there's like one Pokemon in this top that it doesn't hit super effective, or at least neutral on, with either of its stabs, which is terrifying. Maybe two. Iron Hands is gonna help you catch these hands. <laughs> With his Assault Vest, Quark Drive its ability with Terra Water. Uh, fake Out, Wild Charge, a Heavy Slam, and Drain Punch. And I think the one thing that doesn't hit effectively is also on this team. Am I right, Shark? Yep, that's right. That being Heatran. It hits neutrally because of Mold Breaker. Oh, you're right! Oh my gosh, you're right! It does hit through that! So it is neutral! Yeah, so if they have a Heatran, you just don't tear it until you know if it's there or not. That means, exactly. like, based off the 12 type mons, the only Pokemon that uh, that Ogre Pond can't hit neutrally is the f- is Chiyu. But it's Chiyu, so you're just gonna 2-co it anyway, so... No, you're gonna one-shot with Grassy Glide in terrain after a sword stance. Yeah, exa- exactly that. Actually, I want to know that calc now. All right, I'm going to find this out. Well, while he's doing that, Shark. Yeah, so Iron Hands being one of the new popular mons over Fluttermane, the, uh, uh, oh, I guess I'll go back to Heatran. Heatran first. Heatran, Life Orb, Flash Fire, Terra Fairy, Heat Wave, Flash Cannon, Earth Power, and Protect. So it's just going to hit hard at least T- try to resist Ogre Pond and Rillaboom, and just kind of, he, he, the Heat Wave spam seems pretty good here in this metagame right now, so as long as these Terra Mons don't fire. I assume Ogre Pond is normally Jolly, or is it Adamant? Probably Jolly. You gotta, Probably Jolly. You want to creep Fluttermane still, even though it's not, it's still, Fluttermane is still up in the top three usage, 
but based off of Peoria results, it's it's like it's not hands down the best Mon. The top three kind of you can flip between them now. One being Iron Hands because it just does its Iron Hands fake yeah. out bulky stuff. Fluttermane mm-hmm. because it's Fluttermane. And this last Pokemon, Landorus Therian. It's back for real now. This one is rocking Choice Scarf with Intimidate. It's got Stomping Trantrum, U-Turn, Terra Blast Flying, and Rock Slide. So it's there just to kind of be the thing that's faster than everything else, aside from priority. If you were wondering, plus two Terra, Terra and Ogre Pond in Grassy Terrain with Grassy Glide at level 50 does around... 79 to 93% to Chiyu. Which I don't consider a resist. I don't consider that resist. Even if it wasn't plus two. Like, even if you just like, oh, a Terrod, get the plus one, but then a Tibidate from a Landorus drops it back down, or or the Hisuian Arcanine is like... You fake out that Chiyu once, it's gone. Two goes with an assist. Mm-hmm. All right. And I believe that would say if you want to get the team something something Patreon, maybe it might be there. Yeah. I assume that. I assume he says something like that. But yeah, that, that's it for our poke of the episode, and we'll catch you on over with the mailbag. It's mail time. It's time for the mailbag. Send in your emails. And we are back with our mailbag segment. And as always, our mailbag is sponsored by the fictional energy drink, Green Tauros. The energy drink that gives you hooves. 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 Yeah. And uh, last week they asked, we asked, um, wh- what are you nostalgic about with Pokemon? Or what is your favorite nostalgia when it comes to Pokemon and all that kind of fun stuff? I was on the episode last week and I don't even remember the exact question we asked. Um, but we have... A couple of great emails coming in today, and I'll leave it to Linian to start us off. Alrighty, this one comes to us from Tia. Uh, bug catcher Tia here. I forgot to send in my letter last week. My favorite bugs are Snom and Buzzwole. That's an interesting pairing, but I appreciate it. Uh, one of my least favorite bugs is Lorantis, only because I had a horrible dream about it where they grew house-shaped and spawned more Lorantis that grew house-shaped when they were defeated. It's a funny thing because Lorantis isn't a bug type. That's the funny, that's the best part about that. It is a bug shape, but it is not a bug type. When you think about it, bug is the most important type in the game, because without the inspiration of bug catching, we would not have Poke, this amazing franchise. As for nostalgia, I think kids now will never know what it's like to grow up with the start of the franchise. Yeah. They know Pikachu and Charizard rule over Pokemon in terms of popularity, but they don't know why. We got to see Pikachu's development from Disobedient Mouse to Loyal Friend to World Champion. We got to see Charizard's transformation from Unreliable Rebel to Dependable Ace. Nope. We just got to see Charizard explode because Charizard is a dragon and kids were ten. (laughs) I think there's also a sense of wonder that is missing with the Pokemon now. I saw a post on r slash Pokemon TCG where some kids got upset their Arcanine EX did not cost that much. I remember going through the Ruby and Sapphire guidebook with my friends and being so surprised about the new designs of Pokemon that we never saw before. Also miss stuff like Koro Koro leaks and retail collabs. That's all for now. Tia. I'll say about the kids complaining that their Arcanine uh, EX did not cost that much. That is Poketuber, specifically like Jake Paul era types. That's, that's their fault. They turned kids into gambling addicts. Yeah. Yeah. I will never not be mad about that. Not because it made the cards cost too much, not because of anything like that, but because 
these people directly have been responsible for the financialization of childhood, and I hope they hate that about themselves. Well, because I, I, I don't think there's as much like, oh, we're on the playground, we're playing with the cards, and we're just going to trade for, you know, because I like this Pokemon, you like this Pokemon. Now it's, oh, this costs this much money, this costs this much money, you got to give me something else. Be- because that's what their, their, you know, celebrities are telling them matters. And that's a shame, and those people should be disappointed in themselves. I'm legitimately mad about this. <laughs> Anyways, Tia, you're lovely. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, uh, okay. But let's move on to the next one. All right, Shark, take it away. This is from Two Crow. Heidi ho, Pokerinos. I live in nostalgia for Pokemon these days. Sure, I play every new game as they come out, but more often than not, I'm busy playing Gens 1 through 6. When do I feel the most uh, nostalgic? Typically, it's when I'm playing an earlier game around my nephews and nieces. Far too many times do I get laughed at for battling trainers instead of using EXP candy when I'm playing Emerald. Or not having a team of six legendaries by the fourth badge in crystal. And Arceus forbid I don't have a full team of shinies in blue. When they remind me of just how easy the new games are, I feel a, re- a real sense of longing for a return to games where Rotom wasn't there to hold my hand every step of the way. I don't think I realized just how ambivalent I am to the current games until I found myself rather uninterested in the teal mask, which I've yet to complete. Where has nostalgia helped me? Surprisingly, the TCG. Earlier this year, I found my, uh, I finished collecting the original base set, and I'm currently seven cards away from completing the jungle and fossil sets. And as you all have discussed in recent weeks, the recent 151 expansion was released. It is the first expansion I have truly been excited for, and I intend to complete it. I've already spent far too much money on booster packs, and now I'm starting to look for singles I'm missing. Take care, Two Crow. No, I, I completely understand that, like, the Pokemon games being easier now than they were back then. Like, that's why a lot of the times, if you people see me on stream, I'm playing a random, uh, you know, hardcore Nuzlocke of a ROM that's slightly harder just because it become makes it a more of a challenge. And I don't need all of the new Pokemon to have the same type of game. Sure. I think that a lot of it is just that they expected you to do a lot more grinding and stuff, which has been pulled out of that. I think the games were always intended to be about as quote unquote hard as they are now. Particularly things like Scarlet and Violet, actually, I think, stepping up the difficulty if you weren't doing a ton of raiding and candying. 100%. What what the old games let you do is uh, not do the grinding, and therefore have a tighter challenge where the these, by not requiring them, kind of guarantee you're going to be at that expected level. But it was just like, particularly, I think, kids just don't know... You were expected, if you got a JRPG, to spend several hours doing nothing other than knocking out uh, random encounters in an area for nothing other for 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 quite literally no reason beyond experience points because that was how games worked. The fact that you can just play through doing the story now and some side quests that is a new change because grinding sucks. Yeah, it does, and I mean, it doesn't add challenge to the game. It just ends up costing time. Yes. Which is fine. It's usually, like, fine, but it's, like, sometimes you just, uh, like, I like the access to, like, the quality of life features making it easy, because I, like, I don't have time to play all the game, like, spend a bunch of time grinding anymore. See, and that's why I, I like some of the challenges that I end up doing with a lot of these older games is it makes it more difficult, so my time is not, like, uh, so the time I'm spending is less on the grinding and more on, all right, how do I make this battle in my favor? How do I do this tough challenge? 
because it becomes much more of a almost like a roguelike game than a Pokemon game, which, you know, is fun in its own set. Because it's, all right, I have these challenges I have to do. How do I use the resources at my, you know, disposal to make this happen? Yeah. Without, you know, jeopardizing something else later on in the game. And, you know, that's a lot where at least my nostalgia comes from. Mm-hmm. All right. On to the next, on to our last email of the day. It is from Carr. How's it go, Thatch and Co.? Uh, uh, there's no Thatch today. Thatch is in Japan, and I am here as Claude, but yes, we are Co. Um, Car here with probably my sappiest email yet. It was so great hearing about what's nostalgic for you guys last week. I myself have, have fond memories of being Poke-obsessed as a kid. I got a leaf green when I was eight, but could never beat Lorelei, probably because I had played the entire game with just Charizard, like a basic Poke-kid that I was. Uh, that ended up tra- uh, trading my game at church for the objectively better Emerald. That had just come out. Boy, that other kid got the short end of the stick. Now, granted, I love Pokemon like Leaf Green. It's one of my favorite games. I don't know why. But I just loved the remake of Red because I spent so much time there. But anyways, <clears throat> uh, back to the email. I have a core memory of my older brother threatening to steal my GBA because of how often I would talk about Pokemon. I even wrote a paper in fifth grade all about Nummel. All right. If you have that paper still, please just... Find a way to post that in chat or send that in as an email because I want to read that now. I think that's interesting. Out of all the Pokemon, it's Nummel. I love it. Exactly. That's. I'm so curious what you could spend in fifth grade talking about Nummel on. So if you have it, great. Nummel backwards is Lemon. <laughs> uh, I guess it is Lemon. I only ever fell off at the start of Gen 4, but came back with Platinum because of, because the distortion world looked so cool. Uh, that's it uh, until Swish. Those games just didn't do anything for me, and I pretty much stayed away until Legends Arceus. Now for the mushy part. After Arceus, a friend of mine started working on a way to play it in D&D. I searched for such a thing, and I found Professor Snatch's PTU campaign, which led me to Puckle. Uh, Puckle has become a ritual to me. I look forward to it every week. In fact, Puckle's gotten me into parts of Pokemon that I never tried before, like competition. With Puckle mentioning it every week, I decided to enter VGC for the Peoria Regionals this past weekend. Oh my gosh. Awesome. Uh, I never experienced anything like that before. So many people all together connected by one common love of Pokemon. I even went one in six, which was impressive to me because I had less than a week to team build and didn't even have enough money to EV train. I made friends and even got some Discord IDs to train with people later. None of this would have occurred to me if I hadn't started listening to the podcast. You've generally changed my life. For that, I thank you, Carr. Well, that's awesome. That's so sweet. That's awesome. Yeah. Also, hey, hit, if you're in the Discord server, let me know. Uh, the reason being, if you're playing PTU, uh, if you got in through that, if that's something you're doing, I've got all the Gen 9 conversion. This is a general thing in the Discord server. If you play that, just let me know. Pass along your documents. It's updated through the, the newest stuff. So just let me know. Yeah, like, and that's awesome that you know, you're getting into it. I, I love when Puckle can bring people together. And if you and if you find yourself at more tournaments, I'm sure you know posting puckle people will be there. We always, I think we usually have somebody at most, if not every tournament. I think somewhere sometimes there's usually someone, and we have. I mean, we have a Discord channel for VGC, the competitive deadables there that people have spitballed stuff in and out. So there'll be someone for sure. Yeah, and worst case, need help EV trying. I'm sure there's people that have and can help with all of that. Mm-hmm. Any way we can help is, you know, that's what brings us all together is, you know, our love for Pokemon. All right. Well, I think I, I think it's I know who I want to give the green Taurus badge to. I think so, too. As as long as it's a uh, car, I think I agree. 
Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yes, Car. And Car, you get the green Taurus badge. Hooray! Yeah. Pick someone in the in the middle. Uh, pick someone, and we'll make sure you get it. I already gave it to him. Never mind. You're all set. One step ahead. You're. We're one step ahead of the bread line. <laughs> oh no. All right. All right. And with that, um, thank you everyone for listening in to the mailbag and to Puckle this week. Thatch should be back next week. And for everyone here, I have been Claude9. I've been Linian. I've been Shark Finnegan. And this has been the Puckle Podcast out of the Lavender Town Radio Tower. Until next time, it's closing time. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.